1: Forever. Dog. Hi, Adventure Coutures. It's me, Ben Blacker. And me, Ben Acker. The Thrilling Adventure Hour is returning with brand new episodes starting Monday, October 29th. Available on all the podcast apps, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. What do you use for your podcast? Whatever's on my phone. Please subscribe to our Patreon page right now so that we can pay for everything and give you great stuff in return. You won't be paying for this episode. This is free. (laughs) Gratis. It's patreon.com slash thrillingadventurehour. So we hope you enjoy these new episodes. I'm confident you will. Then I'm confident that they will. You will. You guys will. This is Ben Acker. And Ben Blacker. See Say you. <laughs> In hell. Not if I see you first.
0: And uh, now. Coming to you from Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, America, it's the nation's favorite new-time podcast in the style of old-time radio, The Thrilling Adventure Hour.
1: Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast. (laughs) My name is Paul F. Tompkins. And I'm Mark Evan Jackson, and I I refuse to talk that (laughs) way. <laughs> you 'll you'll come around it 's very enjoyable. I may leave uh, <laughs> we, uh, we are uh, two of the Workshoes players, and we are here to answer your listener questions.
0: Yes, this is something that Acker and Blacker um, have been compiling for some time, and I say compiling meaning not wanting to do themselves yeah so yeah, they 've yeah, just yeah. been collecting questions from over the years. And uh, have sent us here to respond to some of them.
1: Yes, they have uh, shirked their responsibilities yet again. Uh, They are rude to the audience. Yes, those who make what we do possible. Yeah, this is canon. All right, so uh, we would like to do... This is a thing that uh, perhaps we'll do every once in a while. Maybe so. Perhaps other people will join us. Perhaps other people will be here in place of us. (laughs) Who can say none of us can know the future? It's true. (laughs) Thanks for backing me up on that. Uh, so we're going to we're going to read some questions and answer them to the best of our collective ability. <coughs> Here we go. Ready for this? Yes. My question for you is. <laughs>
0: Do you only ever perform an episode once? For example, Beyond Belief, White Hunter, Drunk Heart. It might be my favorite episode of all time, and I'm just curious if it was only ever performed once or if you do it several times but only gets recorded once. I'd be interested to hear other versions if there is such a thing. Apparently unhappy with the casting. (laughs) Thank you so much for continuing to do this amazing thing. Don't ever stop. Lots of love from your fan, Ashley P.
1: Hello, Ashley. Yes, he clearly... uh, Ashley would clearly like to hear more stammering. <laughs> um, the answer is, uh, every once in a while, uh, we, we perform, uh, a, a, a story more than once, whether it be a beyond belief or, or a, a a sparks Nevada. Um, so, uh, it, basically it's the one with the best combination of technical cla- Audio. Audi- cl- clarity, yes. fidelity, um, audience reaction, performance, you know, it's, it's all those things coming together. um, And, you know, a lot of times we can get mileage out of an episode in uh, different places. We go to Sketchfest, perform one that uh, has not been on the podcast yet, so we can choose from uh, either the—I say we. We we don't really vote on it as a team. No, I've never once been asked. I feel like I once was asked Is that which right? i which which I preferred early show or late show? oh, but that's I, been asked, I
0: suppose yeah, that
1: part. I, I, honestly though, I think that's more because they can't remember <laughs> right, which
0: which went better,
1: <laughs> yeah, if we do two shows a yeah. night, hey which which did you think was the better one, the early show or the late one, because those guys Ben and Ben just tune out.
0: They, they hate this show they, um, I find that the second show is almost always the better If for no other reason than we've uh, done a very elaborate dress rehearsal the first time through <laughs> Exactly,
1: you got yeah. to do it once Right. You get to fix uh, timing, jokes, whatever um, and, uh, and everybody's just more loose, just loosey-goosey It's
0: true, yeah, we've gone through it once Any, any pressure that would have been there is, uh, is gone Plus, there are, from time to time, drinks backstage I feel like I've
1: heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it sounds familiar.
0: This uh, this very situation happened uh, recently. We did, I think it was the Saturday Night Shows at uh, the San Diego Comic Con, uh, the Sparks Nevada script that we did there, uh, got a, a brief polish. I think it got a little bit uh, truncated, and then we just performed it for the show just uh, just this past weekend mm-hmm. so it's rare but this uh, we from time to time as you say we do perform the same script uh, more than once
1: yeah and then there's ones from uh, the M bar days oh gosh that uh, resurfaced uh, at Largo when we moved to Largo uh, in um, somewhat rewritten form mm-hmm. uh, things that were polished and, and prettied up and all that so um, so yeah there's there's been a few scripts over the years but uh, what happens to those recordings I do not know I think they are banished <laughs> yes, yeah, those are never to be heard from again. Or some of them, I think, might end up put on a gold record and then sent into space. That's happened. Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel like Viger.
1: Yeah, v- That's right, mm-hmm. Viger. And in the future, when everyone wears pajamas, <laughs> they will discover this recording. Of course, there'll be a religion that pop, 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 popped pop up around it. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. They're very difficult. Uh, Here's mm-hmm. another one. This is from Rachel Berkey. What do you guys do with the fan art that people send in?
0: It's a great question. Um, Thank I you. I think there are... Uh, you're welcome, Rachel. Rachel. Uh, <laughs> there are various kinds of fan art. Um, a lot of it gets, uh, as I think the fans realize, retweeted around. It gets passed around on the web. Um, for the record, the, by and large, the fan art is pretty phenomenal. There are a lot yep. of very talented people that listen to uh, listen to this program. And it... Uh, I, th- I feel like in some cases they've even made posters of some of the fan art. I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen uh, some hard copies of it around. Um, I don't know if you... I think you've experienced this. I certainly have, that fans will sometimes make things and give them to the show or to me that are of me. Yes. That bear my image. Yes. And uh, it is uh, without doubt flattering and very cool. But I've come to realize that there's no appropriate wall in one's home (laughs) to hang images of yourself. Right. Uh, You know, whether it's a a plumber coming over to fix a drain or friends, there's no wall that it's acceptable that you can go, oh yeah, no, those are, those are 20 pictures of me. (laughs) That's right. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's, uh, but they are, uh, they do find homes. They're given to other people, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is a curious thing to be handed something that's like, here, I drew this picture of you. Right. And it is, there is that feeling of, I don't know what to do next because I, I, it's exactly as you say, but, uh, but that stuff is, it's, it's very much appreciated. It's wildly flattering. Indeed. Um, but I would say, uh, it, 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 if you're, like the digital stuff is great because you can pass that around very easily, and then we can share it with everyone who sees the things uh, we share
0: on the Facebooks and the Twitters. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yeah. yes, and uh, and that that is is preferred, and especially because I, I think also just the accumulation of stuff. Uh, gets to be uh, problematic, especially when you might uh, you might have a say a legal roommate um, <laughs> who who they share a living space with you, yes. and maybe they don't want a bunch of pictures of you uh, in various uh, uh, characters uh, all around the house.
0: That is true. I would echo that uh, <laughs> that digital is the great w- a great way to uh, to spread it um, because we do love seeing it. In fact, this yeah, happened absolutely. very recently, not in a digital form, in the form of a birthday card, but uh, just this past weekend in September of 2013, uh, a young man came backstage, a young man named Hardy, who (laughs) listeners may have seen, had made uh, Lego figurines of Frank and Sadie Doyle and Sparks Nevada. And uh, even more so, had made a a birthday card for his uncle and had drawn a picture of Croach, which was, I think, I would guess Hardy was eight, maybe nine years old. He said he was eight years old. Eight years old. And this picture of Croach the Tracker was wildly imaginative and very cool there were four arms i remember yeah, yeah antennae yeah. everywhere yeah
1: <laughs> and simply everywhere
0: everywhere and it's fun to you know ben and ben i feel like have have uh been very specific but also vague enough in things that i think every listener probably has a different notion of what it looks like to be sparks nevada or Croach or captain Laserbeam or colonel tiktok or any of these people and um it's fun to see how people are hearing it.
1: We were also g- that night giving uh Mark Agliardi, who plays Croach oh, yes. a very hard time oh, my about uh, Croach's size in relation to the other characters in the Sparks of Auto <laughs> <Odyssey> Universe. <laughs> and everyone who said something was making him smaller yes. and smaller. To the point where I think the, the smallest it got was Jiminy Cricket size. Which I believe was Padgett. Yeah. And he was getting he was getting
0: very upset. He was upset I think initially <laughs> because uh Hardy, our eight year old fan, had not made a Croach the tracker Lego figure. Oh, figures. yes, yeah. He kept walking around uh, immediately after, after Hardy left backstage going like, Oh, did you see the Crouch one? Oh, you didn't? <laughs> Do you know why? Because he didn't make one. Because he didn't make one. <laughs> but yes... It was, I think it was finally Padgett that was like, I always thought Croach was almost human-sized. Yeah.
1: <laughs> almost, almost human-sized. <laughs> yeah. I posited that Sparks Nevada carried uh, Croach around in his pocket. His pocket. For, <laughs> <laughs> I heard um, and, uh, and Hardy is a great example of, uh, there's some fan art that he took back home with him. He did. <laughs> you yes. know, he made this stuff. He let us hold them. We made is, it digital. Yeah, we made, we it, took did, photographs. We made it digital. That's we right. We spread it about. <laughs> but we are, it, it is wildly flattering to have um, such talented people, both uh, amateurs and professionals who who, uh have uh illustrated the the world of thrilling adventure hours it's it's very exciting
0: indeed question number this one what would it cost to be an honorary work juice player for a day seriously how much would one have to pay or bid in an auction to win a single spoken word single word (laughs) as an adventure keteer or sparks nevada townie or bandit etc yours truly michael amaral
1: looks like amaral
0: all right um there's obviously no answer to this question.
1: Well, there. Is, you know what's funny is he he missed an opportunity because there is an answer to uh, how uh, there is a price for a single. Uh, thought word um uh it's a word that uh, uh there are words in the script that are uh just thought they are never spoken um and those are given out to various uh various people um and that's gonna that's gonna run into somebody michael i'm sorry to tell you <laughs> that's gonna be pricey because these words are they're all curse words <laughs> <laughs> racial slurs uh, yes um yeah i, I I don't I that might be a future Kickstarter uh premium. I feel like
0: in this last Kickstarter, the only Kickstarter uh the one that uh, brought you the graphic novel and the concert film and the uh backstage alleged web series um the uh <laughs> I feel like there were
1: some walk-on roles, maybe to sing the work juice anthem at the end. Yes, or something. that is true. Yeah. That is true. We've had we've had people, uh, Perfect Strangers, get up there <laughs> on stage with us and sing. Indeed,
0: uh, but to to do a walk-on role, you know, as a, a person in the barkeep's bar, or uh, you know, a doorman in Frank and City. I don't know that that exists. That. As you say, that may be a
1: future Kickstarter premium. Absolutely. Thank maybe you. maybe a uh, um, a charity uh, kind of thing, because it, the Christmas shows uh, are typically uh, benefits, and, mm-hmm. and um, that might be a nice thing. If if you want to give a little extra money, you get to say one word on stage.
0: What would that word be? Maybe a pageant word? Maybe one of the uh, lists of a uh, Sadie Doyle <laughs> giraffe?
1: Right. <laughs> That's your favorite, right?
0: That is. You're on record? I, w- I am on record for that. Only uh, It's my second favorite, um,
1: Dinosaur. It's <laughs> right up that, there. That one's tough to beat. It is. That is tough to beat. It's right up there. Here's another question, if Great. you can believe it. <clears throat> Holy cow. Why are the bends usually referred to as Acker and Blacker? Simply because of the way our alphabet is arranged? <laughs> I think it should be Blacker and Acker sometimes. If Jazzy Rascal, that's Eben Schletter, for those not in the know, is up to it, I'd love to hear another musical episode. Are the cast game for another? And then he's got a final question. Will Colonel TikTok ever appear on Mars? Oh, it's not a he, it's a she, it's Jen Yamada, whom I believe I met uh, at the last Largo show. I did. All good questions, Jen. All good questions. First of all, the Ben's are always Acker and Blacker, not only... Because of the alphabet, mm-hmm. which must be respected. Attention must be paid. But also because it's easier to say. It takes less time blacker to say Blacker and, and acker. Yeah, right?
0: Blacker and acker. That's very cumbersome. That by sounds the, like yeah. you were raised speaking a language other than English. By
1: the time you get to blacker, you've already warmed up by saying acker and. It's true.
0: Yeah, it's been a
1: driver. You've got run. a running start. But Blacker and Acker, you're starting off with the blah, oh, I hated doing it just now.
0: I'm sorry. You had to go through that.
1: Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Acker and Blacker, they're always, but we uh, the, the, we call them the Bens frequently.
0: We do. Um, ben and Ben, the Bens, and Acker and Blacker. They're, you know, that makes me think there's, um, I don't think this listening audience necessarily is aware that they're, Used to be Acker and Blacker characters that would open our show. That is true. Back in the M-Bar days.
1: Played by uh, Annie Savage and Hal Lublin, respectively?
0: Yes, that's correct. Yes, <laughs> respectively. Um, the, uh, they played them and they hosted the show. And they were sort of a ham-fisted uh, comedy duo. It was deliberately sort of wooden comedy uh, that didn't go over well.
1: Yes, they would just sort of recite what their comedy tropes Tropes were, were yeah. yeah. One was one was very fat,
0: and one was, and one very, was very stingy. stingy yes. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that was the comedy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm very fat. Well, I'm very stingy. And they would just effectively say that out loud and then move on.
1: That's right. Sometimes they would say to each other, "Well, you're very stingy," and then the other one would say, "Well, that's only because you're so fat." Indeed.
0: Uh, uh, jazzy rascal, it, uh, I will admit, is a term I've never heard before.
1: That is, uh, is, that this, is this is crossing worlds. Yes, this Please. is a reference from uh, uh, the pod F Tompcast. Not familiar. Uh. <laughs> well, you sh- maybe you'd want to give it a give it a shot. Read some iTunes reviews. No thanks. Um, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that is one time I, I was referring, I, I, in some, oh, riff, oh, oh. may I, yes, those are both, uh, modes of transportation for the elderly or infirm. That's exactly correct. Uh-huh. That's exactly correct. And I was talking about them. And I, I think in the, in the midst of the stream of consciousness monologue, I could not decide <laughs> if I wanted to refer to jazzies or rascals. Nice. And then I, when I said jazzy rascal, I that instantly became a nickname for Evan Schletter, and uh, and there's a little musical theme that goes along. Is that right? That goes along. It's fantastic. The, jazz, the jazzy rascal has his own theme.
0: I like combining the two, uh, uh, because as you know, I believe that more is more.
1: <laughs> and you you've shown faith in that belief time on, and time again, on stage and off. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I, I would love to, uh, I think the cast is game for another musical episode. That said, you were in the previous musical episode and I was not the, uh, the Sparks Nevada, uh, musical, which was a great deal of, uh, work and rehearsal. And
0: that was, um, a great deal of work and rehearsal, primarily on the part, obviously, of Jonathan Dinerstein and Andy Paley yeah. and Evan Schletter and the various people that, uh, that wrote all the music for it, um. But my goodness, what fun that was. I mean, that was a, uh, a giant undertaking mm-hmm. and uh, completely worth it. I got to have... Uh my friend J.K. Simmons mopped the stage with me, which was, uh, I think we all knew he was talented. I don't think we knew the level, uh, the degree to which he is a Broadway superstar.
1: Well, you hear, you hear like, oh, he can sing. Right. But then when you hear him sing, it's like, he really has a beautiful voice. He's
0: fantastic yeah. and he's powerful and, you know, could put a dent in the back wall of of any theater with his. It was funny. I've I told this story in one, one previous podcast, but. Uh, um, there, there, gets to be about two thirds of the way through this duet called "I'm Gonna Kill You Someday," mm-hmm. a point at which um, it's sort of a nice fermata, a nice little you know opportunity for a
1: a nice sir, what sorry
0: fermata, like a a break in the song, like a, a note held out long. Or oh, whatever. I see. And they uh, they had written it there, and then Andy Paley, I think it was uh, when we were at Largo rehearsing it on the day, um, just a couple of hours before going, said, you know, we've written that for four counts. Do you think you could hold it eight? And J.K. Simmons was like. Oh, I'm, I could give it a try for sure. And, uh, I mean, he held it for about 24 counts on the day. And just, I mean, they, it brought the show down.
1: I, mean, it, I understand it, he's still holding it.
0: He's still there. Yeah.
1: yeah. If you listen, if you hold a seashell up to your ear,
0: you can you'll hear, hear J.K. Simmons. You can hear Jonah that. Jameson.
1: What was it, a Clamato, a frittata? That's one. Okay.
0: Yeah, Clamato, frittata.
1: Uh Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Will Colonel... Colonel? Can I tell you something? <clears throat> Bring it. When I was a child, oh dear, uh, I used to watch this television show called Hogan's Heroes. Of course, yes, it would be on after school every day, <laughs> and the character which is Lebeau. where you watch sh- shows about Nazis. That's that's well, I was I felt like I was furthering my education. <laughs> so uh, there was a character named Lebeau, who's a French uh, POW, and he would say colonel. Indeed, and so now whenever I see that word, Fantastic. this has been since childhood. Fantastic! I have to take a half a beat. <laughs> And say colonel, so I do not say colonel. (laughs) Colonel. Will colonel TikTok ever appear on Mars? Oh, before I get into that, Jen, let me say, uh, I would love to do uh, a musical episode. I was very jealous of that episode that I could not be a part of it. It was uh, tremendous. It was absolutely wonderful. Were you out of town or were you in trouble? No, I was just not in the, uh, the, that, that edition of Sparks, Nevada. There was, no, there was no character of mine. This was pre-Jupiter yeah, Sparks. I was going to say, <laughs> it's
0: before we introduced your shape-shifting.
1: <laughs> Hi, all my buddies.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't believe I didn't uh, begin the podcast.
1: <laughs> that that does we, seem an oversight on both our parts.
0: Can we throw all this out and start again?
1: Please? <laughs> um, I would love to see Colonel TikTok uh, appear on Mars. I think that would be a wonderful thing I guess we've never done it um, because we haven't established that he's able to travel in space it's true he's able to travel in time for sure in this area yes but we don't know this if, planet. yeah we don't know if he can go into outer space
0: now we've done some crossover stuff before haven't we I feel Very like briefly. Ar- around the holidays didn't Frank and City Doyle meet Sparks Nevada or was that just sort of in the wraparounds for the show? I think that was in the
1: wraparounds. Okay. Yeah,
0: not in the episodes of each story world.
1: Yeah, the closest I think was was the, the our final show at when We knew we were moving to Largo, mm-hmm. and there was uh, the the I think the longest crossover, if you want to call it that, that we'd ever done mm-hmm. with um, Sparks, Beyond Belief, and Colonel TikTok all kind of uh, meeting up at the same time. Okay, but that but even that was kind of brief on the brief side. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be fun. It would be fun to do a full-on crossover. I don't know how it would work, but that's not my that's not my worry.
0: I was about to say that uh, I'm not certain what Sparks Nevada how he would deal with Colonel TikTok, because uh, you know TikTok's kind of an oddball. And then I realized, in the context of the Jupiter Spy, there's really nothing that's weird. <laughs> like there's nothing <laughs> there's there's nothing that would you know he's faced it all. I think.
1: Yeah, I think that it, yeah. If you if you're If you're not spending an episode talking about how weird that dude is, then nothing is, everything's equally weird. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the Bens uh, ever decide to uh, man up and uh, stop being cowards and put Colonel TikTok on Mars.
0: There's no way. Uh, Question the next. I'd like to know, what is your dream cover version of a thrilling Adventure Hour theme song? The B-52 singing Captain Laserbeam? Jeff Bridges singing Sparks Nevada? No, the cast of <laughs> very Glee. Specific. Yeah, forget it. The cast of Glee performing Moonshine Holler. Am I close? asks Jack Maxwell. Um, I don't know the answer. This is a, this is a fascinating and potentially limitless uh, category of question.
1: That's true. Yeah. Uh there, there have been a couple covers recently. Uh uh both Ted Leo and um Amy Mann did covers of, of uh of Thrilling Adventure Hour songs, which I really enjoyed both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think points up how uh great those songs are by Andy Paley, those theme songs that that uh They're not just, like, goofy, toss-off songs. They're good songs.
0: They're catchy, uh, ear-warming hits. I mean, they they get in... Leaving these rehearsals, I I find myself humming them, uh, despite myself, in the car on the way home. And they they really are... Andy Paley, by the way, just released an album. Do you know this story? The Paley Brothers album? The Paley Brothers album, yeah. Yes. And those are hits. I mean, those are songs that you listen to and are thinking, like, that could be a Beach Boys hit. That could be... I mean... Just ridiculously talented, and,
1: and yeah, if you're not familiar with Andy Paley, he's he's worked with some of the most amazing people in pop music, and and really uh, he is worth uh, worth researching and, and just seeing. You'll be blown away by the the weird paths that have crossed Indeed. in his yeah. career.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> the liner notes of this uh, of this uh, album I looked at in the little room at Largo following the show uh, just this past Saturday, and it's photos of uh, the Paley brothers with Phil Spector, with Andy Warhol, with um, is it Rodney Bingenheimer, the, yes, that's the right. Sunday night show guy from here in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, just a, a cavalcade of, you know, famous and remarkable people, the The Beach Boys. And I, th- I think he's written stuff for Madonna in the past. and mm-hmm. He's done a, a lot of amazing things. SpongeBob
1: SquarePants.
0: Still does that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some, you know, running the gamut.
1: Yeah, it's varied. Varied career.
0: Um, I think the B-52s could kill laser beam. That's a great idea. I
1: would love to hear that. Yeah. I, I would, would l- absolutely
0: love to hear that. Um, Jeff Bridges singing Sparks Nevada uh, could be fascinating as well, I think. Um, I it's would an sort interesting of, choice. It is. It is. I, would, uh, I don't know who it would be, but I would love to hear the Sparks Nevada theme uh, written by Eben Schletter, to be performed by, um, I don't know, maybe some country western legend. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know who it would be. Who's still kicking? I don't know. So maybe some of the Bakersfield people. Uh, right. You know, like some of the, uh, the old Hee Haw gang could be. Uh,
1: Who's left of them, even?
0: I know. It's true. It's uh, time is a cruel. The old hee haw gang. The old hee haw gang.
1: Junior Samples. Is he still with us?
0: I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, now the cast of Glee performing Moonshine Holler. How does that? Oh, gather round, all you mm-hmm. who was it? That? that could be fun in, m- in they... forty part harmony.
1: That's right. They may they may have already done that without uh, alerting the writer of that song. That's true. That seems to be their. Is that what their mo? I don't. You know what, Mark? I don't want to get into it. You're so political. I don't want to get into it. You're well, so political. I just I'm looking out for the little guy. Mm-hmm. Here we go with another
0: question. Oh my goodness, with the questions though.
1: Oh, this one seems interesting. Does it? I love the chemistry between Paul and Paget, <laughs> and I know they knew each other before Thrilling Adventure. My question is: How long have they known each other, and how did they meet? <laughs> Signed, Radioactive 460. Hmm. Well, this is very probing. Uh, <laughs> Page and I have known each other uh, since the 1990s, Good I want heavens. to say. I think that's when we first met was um, late 90s, uh, maybe 99 even, um, at a party at a mutual friend's house and um, It was the first time I ever met her. We really became friends, like, in each other's lives, Mm -hmm. I would say, in the, um, about, you know, a handful of years after that. Um, And we've been friends uh, ever since. And it's, it's, uh, our meeting was uneventful. uh, But, uh, but it it served its purpose. (laughs) And now here we are all these years later.
0: It served its purpose of having you know each other.
1: Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. Okay. That's
1: right. As all meetings do.
0: <laughs> um speak to the chemistry though because there is uh you uh both really do seem to enjoy playing with one another. I mean uh, and I'm uh, if I'm not in the back of the house watching it, I'm in the wings behind the piano watching and um it's uh it's a palpable fun chemistry.
1: It it really is like nothing else in my professional life. I mean, I've there every once in a while over, over the course of a career, there are certain people that you click with and you can have a number of those people over the years, Mm -hmm. but then every once in a while, there's somebody where it's just like, but it's also, you know, the, the chemistry that we have off stage is very uh, playful. And I, Tease her a lot, and and she's a real character, and I'm sure she would say the same thing about me. Hmm. Um, but we we really do uh, we really do have a good time together. But there's something about doing those characters and having done them for so long that it's it it's just something else entirely. Where uh, when we're doing that, we were talking about this recently because we did those um, those staged readings mm-hmm. of the of the gonna pilot that. script, right. yeah. And um, something about doing those characters where it just it. It is absolutely its own thing, and I don't feel like uh, I'm me anymore. I feel like I'm this guy, and yeah. she's this woman, and you know, it's um, it's it's. I think my favorite thing. It's I think my favorite thing in the world. That's one of them, that. and yeah. it shows. I was
0: honored to be a part of those stage readings at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, this uh, very recently for a uh, the effectively. Uh, a live table read of the pilot script for a beyond belief half hour situation comedy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the chemistry is really fun. And more than anything, I was, I enjoyed it because I got to experience some of what you talked about in one of the panels at Comic-Con, which was Paget's uh, greeting of most things with like, this is not possible. <laughs> so there were just some moments in the rehearsal process, the very brief rehearsal process for that thing yeah. where she was like, Oh, this line, right? How can we fix this? <laughs> right. And, uh, Deadly serious. Yes, absolutely. Oh, she means it. Absolutely. Yeah, she means, how are we going to do this? And even before we began, I was reading the stage directions, which, uh, for those not in the know, the uh, stage directions can put a bullet in a, in a table read of a, a feature script absolutely. or a, a, any script. Um, I was at one not long ago where uh, the guy reading the... Um, Reading the stage directions, which are generally meant just to set up the scenes and, and really move at a decent clip, but he was sort of previewing them uh, silently into himself, like he would look at the script and go, no. he would go, duh, 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 duh. "Yeah, okay, we're uh, we're outside, it's raining, uh, it's nighttime, it's exterior." We uh, these two characters, are, uh, it's, 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 yes, okay, they've known each other a long time, and, <laughs> and it just uh, it, two pages in, the director took the script away and was like, "I'm doing this myself." <laughs> Uh, which was pretty fantastic.
1: That's, that's so. It's so crazy that he would both be taking up the time yeah. to figure out how to paraphrase it right. in order to save the time of paraphrasing it.
0: It was uh, it was nutty, but I was doing it, and uh, just and you did a wonderful job. I, I'm aware, and um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, uh, thank you. That's what I'm Thank you. Um, uh, but before we even began, Paget was like, okay, we need to know exactly what Mark is going to say, because, because if we're waiting for a second for him to finish and we, and he's finished early and and we were like, well, that's what we're here right now to do. And yeah. she's like, okay, but we have to do it. We have to do it. Like, she was, and she was deadly serious. And I love her for her, uh, her she's, intensity.
1: She's, she's cautious. She's Indeed. cautious person. Cautious to a fault.
0: Good heavens. Yes. Um, I guess that answers that, chemistry. I mean, it's palpable. And uh, one of my favorite things is when you guys clink on stage, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously is, I think, at the beginning of most, if not all, episodes, and then uh, fairly frequently peppered throughout. And um, it's, uh, it's delightful when it works, and it's hilarious <laughs> when it doesn't. If for whatever reason the sound effects don't match or aren't present, uh, which has happened only a handful of times. Yes. It's kind of delightful to watch the legitimate disappointment on (laughs) both of your parts when you uh, hold two martini glasses mimed towards one another and nothing happens. Yeah. The if, daggers from your eyes that then launch towards the booth and wherever we're performing.
1: We Somehow we both got were on the same page the first time it happened and then ever after that it was a grave insult it's to really not bad. play that sound effect. Yeah. For, for the for the listener, if you've never seen the show live, you know, anytime you hear that little ding, that is uh, Frank and Sadie uh, uh, toasting. They're, they're clinking glasses. And Page and I will always mime uh, a little toast every... Every single time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. We never don't do it. Right. And so when that sound is not there, and we've, we have gone through the trouble right. of <laughs> miming a toast, we look like fools in front of the audience.
0: I love you believe that. <laughs> I love that you believe that. Yeah. Uh, this is a related question, I feel. Uh, in the fashion of Nick and Nora Charles, will, will there ever be a baby, Doyle, assuming that their reproductive organs are no, not too pickled to spawn? Sincerely, Nora C.P. Kimball. Um... This is a Ben and Ben question, but I think we should answer it.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I can say, I feel like I can say confidently, no, there never will be. <laughs> I cannot imagine two people uh, in fiction or in real life who would be less interested or suitable mm-hmm. to uh, parenthood.
0: I feel like we've run into the, um, at least the notion of this, uh, in episodes where you've run into children, like uh, some <laughs> some of the gingerbread bend uh, children. Mm-hmm. Children are very confounding and upsetting to Frank yeah. and Sadie Doyle. Like, there just isn't time.
1: Well, they can't drink. It's right. Yeah. I and mean, what, are, what are you supposed to talk about? <laughs> How are you supposed to talk at all? Right. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine that happening. Um, yeah, but, but you, you raise a good point about their, uh, their guts maybe being uh, damaged by oh. alcohol.
0: Well, if we wanted to get very maudlin about the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, they have
1: a problem. I don't know if we can... Uh, that's, that's a story for another time. Oh, dear. Thank you, Nora C.P. Kimball. I think it's the Nora C.P. Kimball that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Donna and Dave Henderson are my favorite recurring secondary characters. How'd those two meet anyway? Yours, Shannon. Um, It's a very good
0: question. It is good. Donna and Dave Henderson actually appeared in this recent uh, pilot script for uh, Beyond Belief, the uh, Frank and Sadie Doyle television pilot. In which their meeting was
1: detailed. Dave and Donna Henderson, the story of their meeting was, uh, was told. I was there.
0: I know that the, is, that she's a zoologist. Uh, yes, I remember this speech of yours. Yes, um, but I don't know
1: other, other speeches of mine
0: have escaped your memory. Oh, most of them. <laughs> yes, very ones from earlier this session.
1: Not enough us. Correct. Um, yeah, they they in the in the pilot script, which is not uh, a stage canon. Right. Um, Dave and Donna. Uh, Dave is a policeman, and Donna was a zoologist. They met her in a case involving an ostrich. Oh, that's right. Um, and Dave was bitten by the ostrich, and then set up Dave's propensity to be bitten by things, <laughs> which fans of the of the show and and if you know Donna and Dave henderson is a bit of foreshadowing, indeed. Yeah, because they they're mortal in the um in the pilot script, but uh certainly not so on stage. um So yeah, I I, I don't know how the uh, the stage slash podcast version of Dave and Donna met. I don't know if that's ever been discussed. I don't know either. And how
0: is it that uh, Donna and Dave are in Frank and Sadie's lives? Do we know that?
1: No, I, I don't think so. If if that has been established, I think it was so long ago that we we don't remember. But you know, they're they're they are they they are 2 of uh, two of Frank and Sadie's. I, I think probably their closest friends, their mm-hmm. closest supernatural friends.
0: In the uh, in this pilot script, we we changed the description of. Donna Henderson to being that she is an excitable lovable goof mm-hmm. and uh, she's she's exactly that I mean that's a, <laughs> she's a very fun character that just wants to get involved in the world of Frank and Sadie because it, it seems neat yeah. it seems fun we should go let's go <laughs> yeah. indeed
1: eventually she will meet the dark fate that uh, awaits her
0: which I feel like most of our listeners probably know about right yeah. I don't think we've s- spoiled anything no.
1: and also most of our listeners will meet a dark fate as well well th- these are all one-way journeys, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. No one here gets out alive. <laughs> would you ever consider
0: releasing complete shows? I assume you record everything. It would be neat to hear all the commercials and in-between banter you don't get to hear on the podcast. Also, any plans to tour outside of L.A.? Uh, by way of tour, we've obviously done a little bit. That, oh, that's from Jackie Ronan. Oh, my, my apologies, that's yes. That's quite all right. Um, we have taken the show to San Diego, to Comic-Con, and to San Francisco, to the Sketch Fest, and have, uh, are about to make our third journey to New York, to the Bell House wow, in Brooklyn. third, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, We would love to, and I feel like we're going to get this question uh, several times, so maybe I'll leave the bulk of the answer, but we would love to be doing this show all the time. Uh, Speaking for myself, this is the most fun I have all month or whatever. I mean, it's... um,
1: Same. We look forward to it like nothing else, and, and, uh, I mean, basically what it comes down to, logistically, it's a very difficult thing to take on the road, and there's a lot of uh, stuff that kind of has to be in place already in order for us to go there, and we do it uh, pretty much on a shoes string and people are, are uh sharing rooms and camping out on friends' floors and stuff like that. So um unfortunately there's the 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 few the the places if we go to a place where we know no one it makes it that much more difficult. It's true. Um, so um yeah it, it really does come down to a matter of logistics. It it's gotta be something that we would need to know would be um Financially feasible, uh, where nobody's going to take a loss on it. Right. Um, uh, You know, if if the best you can hope for is to break even, that's a huge undertaking for that. But who knows what the future holds?
0: No one uh, I've been recently instructed can know. Oh,
1: yeah. What the future holds. We did establish that, right? We did. That's canon now.
0: Um, in terms of releasing complete shows, uh, I don't know that that... I think that that might just be unwieldy by way of uh, podcast standards, although yeah. the Kevin Pollock chat show would uh, would belie that.
1: Um, but Oh, there's much longer shows that, that are reduced in podcast form, sure. for real. There's like two hour plus episodes of podcasts, you know, so this, this would be nothing. But I think... Uh, christmas time they typically release the entire christmas oh, show you're right so we yeah. have done that yeah
0: and i guess i would just encourage you not to worry about it too much because with the exception of um of the ads there's not much that you're missing by way of flow um
1: you mentioned in between banter they are missing the episodes with flow that's true. she comes out instructs everyone to kiss her grits multiple times <laughs>
0: Now those episodes are too long. That I mean, they are <laughs> just the applause breaks. Yes, uh, Lengthy.
1: We're getting into showa territory. There's
0: there's not enough not enough internet for those <laughs> those durations. <laughs> um, you mentioned in between banter, and there isn't any. The show really is. Uh, we never once the show begins. Once uh, Hal begins the show, we go through to the end. It's not like we ever go to commercial break and, and let the fourth wall down and talk to the audience. Yeah,
1: no one's ever not in character. Once it starts, it keeps going until it's over, and, and yeah, that's it. Right. Um, yeah, so you're. So yeah, it's the ads, and, and I think that every once in a while, those guys, the Ben's, will release some of the ads. Uh, I think there's been a couple King of Coffees out there, and... and um, but I thought, you know, it would be nice to, to, to release more of those, so maybe they will. So. The thing that's fun about
0: it, I guess, that you... that I would argue that you're missing out on is the... That fun moment where, uh, for instance, a king of coffee will have um, will ha- have been announced with a fanfare from the uh, the brass section and Paul will come out. And then that'll end. And then when we get into the next thing, uh, whether it's the Sparks Nevada theme or whatever, it is really exciting to hear the audience go, oh, Beyond Belief is next or whatever. Like that's a right. fun bit of flow to the evening that, that is uh, – I mean, I guess the answer is come to the live show because that's really – when you get the uh, the full package,
1: yes, and uh, the concert film, which we are going to be recording uh, very soon, you will you will get to. I think that uh, that will be as close as you can get to experiencing the live show without actually being there. That's true.
0: Um, we've uh, I think reached the end of this episode of uh, Questions with No Answers with Paul F. Tompkins and Mark Evan Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> guesses and answers. Uh- um so but we should do this so we've got more questions to answer. Absolutely. So let's take a little break, I guess, and maybe in a subsequent week we'll come back and do more of these.
1: We'll we'll see. I mean look you guys, people might hate this.
0: <laughs> I've I've had a terrible time. <laughs>
1: they might sign a petition saying never again with these questions. Bye, all my buddies. <laughs> or two.